get in the car. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast. Party of Four, Misswood Golf Club podcast. You just heard it. Exciting episode every single year. It's our PGA Championship preview. I'm Ben Hutchison alongside Andy Michelson. Howdy. The weather has officially arrived here in Illinois, Andy. Yeah, it's actually golf season now in Illinois. <laughs> we had the worst April. Actually, I was just talking to somebody this morning. It was the worst April for golf on record with playable days. Since, you want to take a guess? 1964. 2002. Oh. 2002 <laughs> was the answer. Yes, so 2002. So we had the worst April in the last 20 years, so it can only go up from here. To put it in perspective for our friends overseas, maybe in Germany, what was the weather like here in April? Uh, very Scottish-like, yeah. A uh, <laughs> little bit of wind, a little bit of rain. Uh, a lot of rain. in the 50s most of, of the time. Yes, a lot of rain. Sorry, not a little bit. A lot of rain. Temperatures in the 50s, uh, some occasional lightning. I mean, just all conditions you don't, wouldn't say are optimal for golf uh, in any way, shape, manner, or form. So uh, it can only go up from here. I think we had one day or one evening when the winds got up to like 60 miles an hour. It was It was whipping out there. Yeah, we had some weekends where it was just blowing sideways. And if we had our old pins, I think they would have snapped in half. <laughs> I've never been out there, but you played Bandon Dunes, and every time I see... That's exactly what it was like. That's what I was going to ask. Good call. Good call. Like, kind of drizzly, kind of rainy, kind of <laughs> blowing sideways. Good call. Like, three to four club wind. I mean, I am played in an event last month. Uh, every shot was a four club wind, either down or into. I mean, it's that's crazy golf when you're starting to do that, because then you're just, you're just trying to hit it head high and keep everything low and just... Kind of run it up to the to the fairway, and that's not fun. Or run it up to the green, that's not fun. What was that like around. going from some golf in Austin to then trying to golf here in Illinois, and then going back to Austin golf this past <laughs> week, where it was ninety yeah. plus? Um, it's just it's just interesting. It's just different. It's it's you get used to it. Um, but the the thing that responds the most is the golf ball. The golf ball is like a dead lead weight when it's 50 degrees out. But once it gets to like 80 and 90, that thing's just springing, going so much further. It's it's actually a much just a much more fun way to play golf. I actually got out yesterday for the first time since around in January that was in Florida. Golfed in an outing, and I golfed about as well as expected. Had a couple good shots, a couple really bad shots. Lost a couple balls. Which, thanks to you, had my name had on them. Had your name on We didn't even know that. So now they I know. I just gave you free, a free four dozen golf balls. Here you go. You can just have them. I mean, as a Callaway-sponsored athlete, I thought, <laughs> you know, next level this year in 2022. No, they had your name on them. I know. And it, it, there was a more guilt losing a golf ball with my name on it. It's just the first name, Ben. But I know that's out there. I found a ball that had the name Dean on it yesterday. I'm like, this guy's going through the same stuff I am. <laughs> so that was fun. But it was it was just good to get out. And Monday was an absolutely beautiful day to golf. Oh, it's yeah, it's been perfect around here the last week. It's gonna just be nice. Looks like a ten day forecast. I only see rain one of the days. So again, it's those playable golf days. If you get you know, 180 of them throughout the year, which is which is half a year. If you can get 180 playable golf days, which is like above 55 and less than a 50% chance of rain, that's a bonus. 
Uh, I heard somebody define that like five or six years ago, and I think it's a great way to, to talk about it is 180 golf days in Illinois. If you get those playable days, it's a bonus. If you get less than that, you're kind of stunk, and maybe next year it gets better. But I know in 2020 and 21, it was definitely higher than 180 days. Well, and right now we've pretty much got Coronado, California weather, 75 and sunny, oh, just no ocean air. It's a dream. Yeah, no it's no perfect. marine layer oh. and no ocean. So, so the, that, that kind of... The scenery's a little different. Scenery is a little light. But yep. it's still beautiful out here. And we are pumped up for this episode. We've been thinking about it, gearing up for it. The PGA Championship is at Southern Hills Country Club. You ever played there, Andy? I have not. I desperately wanted to play there, and we discussed that in the last show. Yes. So it's the open wound, so we can move on. Yep, moving on. But I think it's good early on in this podcast as we'll talk about some odds and make our picks that I did throw $3 on Phil last year to win it all, and he did. I don't remember that at all. I'll have to find the tape, but uh, even if I can or can't take the time to do that, I did, and it was nice. Uh, It was a long shot. It was just more of a... I don't know, more of a just like feel good pick, I think, because obviously he wasn't supposed to win. And now, Andy, he's not even playing this year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just hate how secret, secretive this whole thing has been. I, I don't know anything about what's going on behind the scenes. I don't think anybody does. Phil in the field would make for a better field, period. End of story. So, whatever's happening with this other tour or, you know, his current gripe with the PGA Tour, you know, the fans don't care. They just want to see him play. And it's disappointing that he's healthy and not playing. That's that's just not right. And Rory McIlroy even weighed in on it because he was asked about it and asked about Phil, and he said this should be a celebration. He won a major championship at 50 years old. It was possibly the last big, big moment in the game of golf for you know, him specifically, and he said he should be, uh, I think he should be here this week and celebrating what monumental achievement he made last year. It's unfortunate. It's sad. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of it comes back to the little spat between Phil and the tour on rights to his own uh, likeness. Uh, Going back to the match, uh, those multiple matches, I guess he had to pay the PGA Tour for his own image and, and likeness and and footage and everything else. I think I think that was really kind of stuck in his craw for some reason. I don't know why there needs to be this big revenge play or whatever. I I do understand the way that Lee Westwood put it, which is look, we're independent contractors at this particular point in his life, which would be the same same spot Phil's in, right? Late forties or early fifties. And I have a tour that's offering me um an ungodly sum of money to come play it and compete on it, then I have to consider that as just who I am as a golfer. Phil went about it a little bit differently uh, to say, say it nicely. And and so he's kind of in hot water. I don't think anyone's really going to splash as much. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's as much fan hate on Phil right now as it's like the media has got a problem with it. And, other golf bodies have a problem with that. I don't know. It's just such a confusing situation, and the only people that get shortchanged are the fans. Well, let's go to uh, a happier comeback right now. Tiger, a lot of talk leading up to it. We've seen some clips of him playing there and hitting golf balls. He's always a threat to win 
any tournament he's in. Yeah, but with Tiger, there's always that that rust too, and and that was a significant thing that Tiger would always battle whenever he wouldn't, whenever he would take too much time off, even when he was at his best, he would have those moments where sometimes he took too much time off between starts, and then would be rusty. Um, I, I think he's I think he's ready from a physical standpoint. Obviously, he he has said if he w- didn't feel that way, then he wouldn't play. But from a mental standpoint, it is very difficult to simulate the grinds of a, you know, of a, of a four day tournament when you're at home. I don't care how much you're practicing. I don't care how much you're playing with buddies to actually simulate the feelings of being on the leaderboard and being in that situation. That is very hard to simulate. But on the flip side, he's won a PGA at Southern Hills. He knows what the setup's going to be. He probably knows where the pin placements are going to be. He knows all of these things. And, to a much lesser degree, I know that if I go to a course that I like and then I have one on before, I have a very positive mindset going in. Not that I'm comparing old shots necessarily, but just the feeling of he can kind of go back to the feeling of the week and very positively look back on it as a, a very good experience and take that into what he's doing this week. I want to highlight a couple golfers in the field and kind of where they're at and what you think of them. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm, they're the favorites this weekend. And Scheffler, let's talk about a little bit of what he's done. He's a winner of four of his last eight tournaments. Yeah, so four of his last eight tournaments, but since the start of the year, his winning percentage, I saw this, was 29%, right? And Tigers at his peak was still 38%. <laughs> it's not fair. season. But think about that, like how much we've been talking about Scheffler and how dominant he's been, and he's not even in the Tiger realm for a 10-year period. Well, Tiger did that every year. He did that every year, every week. Yep. Like, that's that's just disgustingly sick. Um, yeah, Scotty Scheffler is, is definitely on cloud nine. I think he's just absolutely tuned in, and um, he seems like the type of guy, too, that's not, like, totally affected by the, the hype of it all. And just kind of goes about his business and, and does his thing. I mean, expectations are high on him before the Masters, and he went in and went. He went in and won. So just stuff like that. I, don't, I think he's he's definitely a guy that's here to stay. I think the more interesting part, well, should we keep talking about the favorites? No, you can I go think ahead. the dark horses for this, if you look at the Byron Nelson, look at guys that are plus or 150 to 1, right? You've got guys that top fived it last week that are more than 150 to 1. Ryan Palmer, like Charles Schwartzel, both pretty good picks. Those guys both top 10 it last week, which means they shot more than 20 under last week. Those are positive vibes. Those are recent vibes, you know? So I think those guys, when I think of like dark horses, and I'm sorry to jump the gun on that, but I think that is probably even the more interesting story. I'm going to pick my usuals. I'm going to pick Rom. I'm going to pick Shoffley. He's overdue. He's like way <laughs> overdue. I mean, he is a book from the library that's two years old. He is so overdue. It's not even funny. And all the social media I'm seeing coming out from Callaway saying he's just putting on a total stripe show in the practice round. So Shoffley's a good pick. You need somebody that drives it on a string. That's John Rom. So you can go either one with, with either one of those. Obviously, Justin Thomas had a great week last week. He top fived. You can go with any of those. Justin Thomas hasn't won a tournament in 14 months. Is this the weekend it gets done? 
Yeah, and he hasn't won a PGA since 17. Um, there's no reason why you, you would say no to Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas pures it all day long. He drives it great, drives it high. He hits it high coming into greens. I think those greens not only are the undulating, but they're going to be probably super firm. Uh, this time of year, it is not comfortable to be outside <laughs> in uh, in that city. So it's it's going to be nice and hot and warm and firm. And I, I have not looked at the forecast, shame on me, but uh, it's usually firm and hot there. My favorites are names that I'm bringing up kind of like you do Shoffley. Uh, that's Will Zaldoris for me. Oh, okay. I need him to play well. He's at 32 to 1. Patrick Cantley, he's constantly just, just hovering around the leaderboard. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then Colin Morikawa has just been probably one of the more consistent golfers over the last couple Isn't of years. Isn't that wrong that guy's personality actually makes you think of him as a golfer? Like, Patrick Cantley <laughs> is never going to excite anybody, but he's pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> he's really good a lot of weeks, always has a chance to win, it seems like, over the last year and a half. But he's not going to be on that list of, and what is he, number four in the world right now? He's top five. He's going to be on my list. Right at this moment, right? I think he's, he's top five. But he's not a guy that's ever on a top five just, you know, based on who you who you think is your favorites. I like some of the 150 to one type guys you mentioned. I want to throw out a couple of others just for fun. Like Jason Duffner. He's 650 to 1. He's a five-time or eight-time winner on the tour. He won the 2013 PGA Championship. He spent 50 weeks in the top 10 ranking, and yet his relevancy has fallen off over the years. Obviously, he had some off-the-course, on-the-course issues, but just a guy like that, he was a pretty big golf name in the 2010s. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, you're right. Actually, this site's got him at 1,000 to 1. They had him 1,000 to 1. Yeah. But what do you think about that? I mean, he's he's with the likes of Sean McKeel. Yep. What? I was shocked club, at all club that. Club pros have the same. Uh, <laughs> buddy of mine, Sean Warren, has the same as J- J- Jason Duffner? No. No. That's not right. Um, Most updated I saw was 650 to 1. I did see the 1,000 to 1, but. Matt Wallace, 420 to 1. I mean, that's a, that dude stripes it, too. Paul Hossler, 320 to 1. Martin Kemmer. So there's guys in this field. Okay. So here's where this other Kisner, 270 to 1. Yeah, I saw that. Put a dime on that. Tell you what, that's a good pick right there. Because these are a combination of, yes, you have to do all the things right, but they're always a putting contest, especially out at this place. Putting contest, big time. Here's what's interesting there's guys that have, have committed to that uh, live field. LAV field that are in this field. And I thought that the PGA Tour denied them, like Lee Westwood, for instance. Maybe it's because they haven't played in it yet, but like once they go, they go. I don't know. So the commitment for the Portland event is today, is the Tuesday of the PGA Championship uh, that they were committing whether or not they're going to play in the Portland event. So that'll be interesting. I don't see how that holds up in court for the PGA Tour to say that guys can't go play another tour, another competing tour. But anyhow, Jason Kokrak, I like him, 80-1. to 1. That's a nice one. We'll see how it plays out. I have uh, Ricky Fowler also. 
So he finished in the top five of all 2014 majors, top five at the 2018 Masters. It's been a struggle. We've seen him just to play in the big events. He gets to play this year because he finished tied for eighth in the PGA Championship last year and only got to play in that because of an exemption in the tournament. So for that reason, I am picking Ricky to break out at 160 to 1. Homeboy. He's back. Homeboy. <laughs> I no, just, no, 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 no. I really like him. No, I want no, him to play no, well. No, 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 no. No, you're getting almost the same odds on Justin Rose, Leishman, Webb Simpson, Siwoo Kim. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sebastian Munoz that almost won last week. You're getting 120 to 1. Dude. You got to throw some dollars at these people. <laughs> Dude, it's not on a roulette table where you put on 34 numbers and hoping hoping that one of them hits. I don't know. The last time I played roulette, it worked out. Max Homa, 65 to 1. Our friend, Adam Hadwin, 280 to 1. Why is he your friend? He's our friend. We hung out with him, remember? We talk about it every episode. Came oh, to the yeah. truck. Adam yeah. Hadwin, yeah. Canadian. Great yeah. guy. Great guy. He said, hey. Just real personable. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that counts in your world. You, you've said that before. It's our world. Like we're getting Andy. waved or whatever. Yeah, it's just saying it's hey. our world. Yep, that me- okay. It's fine. It was eye contact. Wow, Rory McIlroy. Where was he at? 14, I didn't see what he was 14 to 1? Yeah, he's one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. Wasn't 12 to 1? Like more, more than DJ? 18 to 1? I See, you can you can throw darts. I mean, you can throw darts at, at any one of the top 20. That's what's so awesome about the, the PGA Tour right now. It is way, way deeper every single every single year. It is way deeper than the year before. That's what's awesome. I mean, your your boy Will Zell Torres. Mm-hmm. I have to actually scroll down on my list to find him at thirty three to one. Yeah, I was surprised to see him down there. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean that these fields are so incredibly deep. Max Homa sixty five to one. I mean, if if I'm a betting man, he won a tournament in the last month. That's my guy. That's yeah. my guy. He was he won twice in the last twelve months. And a great Twitter follow. Yep. And a total stripe show. So somebody that stripes it, not a not an incredibly great putter, but good enough. He's a good good pick for a PGA. We've thrown out a lot of names. We don't claim to know any of this to be true. So bet at your own caution. <laughs> Man, I kinda like his. Two seventy to one. You really want him to do well. I do. Don't you? I do. I really like. I just like the way he plays. He's man. a personality too, so that's fun. Yeah, I just like the way he plays. All right, well, that's good on the odds. I'm good on the odds, but we need to discuss one more thing before we go with the PGA Championship this weekend, and that is food and beverage. We have in studio food and beverage expert, director of food and beverage, Jimmy Cokeless. Hi guys, how are you? Before we start, I want to talk about today's soup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for our German friends out there, uh, it is, uh, is it spatchel? How do you pronounce it? I don't, I don't know. Spatchel. Spatchel. Yeah. So it's Close basically enough. like chicken noodle soup with random meat in it. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. But we, we did this for our German listeners. Compliments to Chef Dan and company. So, Jimmy, there's a photo that's been floating on social media for the better part of the week, and it has some prices of the drinks and so let's read a couple of these uh it costs at the pga championship again reportedly social media aquafina six dollars a bottle of water Michelob ultra eighteen dollars stella artois 19 artois kona big wave golden ale fifteen dollars Michelob ultra organic seltzer we're going nineteen dollars wine is thirteen dollars cocktails fifteen dollars souvenir cocktails 
you're getting to keep the cup, $19. Signature souvenir cocktails, Jim Beam Black Ginger Highball, Transfusion, Margarita or Mule, $19. What do these prices mean to you? Craziness. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Here at the water, um, 6 bucks. You know, for a bottle of water, it, it, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, it's it's nuts, but um, I've I've paid it. I've seen it elsewhere. The beer prices are astronomical. Um, there's a little bit of inflation going on by a little bit, anywhere from 2% to maybe 11 in the beer, liquor, wine, spirits world. Uh, but that's, I mean, yeah, it, whoever's paying that price, God bless you, man. All right, let's do it for the uh, the real golf fans. What's the alcohol by volume? Per drink and thinking the Stella is the best way to get you drunk faster. Are you getting twenty four ounces? You think of Stella with nineteen dollars? Are the is the draft possibly actually I mean, I, to make sense of it? I actually don't think that Stella does a twenty four ounce package. I'm saying if they have a keg, can they just pour you a twenty four ounce pour of it? For oh $19? yeah, for sure. From a keg, absolutely. Yeah, you could go up to twenty four ounces. Oh, there's nothing worse than drinking beer in a plastic cup. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the lowest on my list. But they have Mick Ultra on that list at eighteen dollars. Mick Ultra is eighteen, or you can do the organic seltzer for nineteen. So you have to drink what twelve of twelve Mick Ultras just to start feeling it, <laughs> dude. <laughs> well, even if those are twenty four ounces, I was in Minneapolis this past weekend, and they may have had truly hard seltzers for twenty four ounces for fifteen dollars. I may have seen that and not drank any of them. I mean, my my standard <laughs> college score was ten bucks for thirty stones. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing here? Eighteen dollars for a Mick Ultra? It's just yeah. water. Yeah, it's like it's just just le- water. Less, less than four percent alcohol. Oh my god, that's nuts! I'm not making these rules. You think we were talking about an Einbecker or Bach Dunkel? Which is the best Bach in Germany, <laughs> voted 2022. Right. The no, we're not talking about that. We're the talking Einbacher about domestics. Erbach Dunkel. Uh, I'd pay 18 for that. I would too, just because of the name. I couldn't pronounce like <laughs> any of the other beers, like Hefeweizens. Like I couldn't pronounce what kind they were. But uh, I just I see these prices. We see concession stands everywhere we go. But have you noticed them going up at the different events you've been going to? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we noticed it here. I mean, there's a cost increase and we, you know, everybody's going to continue to utilize the pandemic and inflation obviously now is the big thing. But like I said, it's, it's traditionally, it's like two to 11%, 12% maybe right now um, on all those spirits. You know, I know there was a can issue last year. I believe it's, they're coming out of it. Nobody really has said anything about, you know, being short cans or bottles or anything. But again, there's ships backed up at ports. Is that true? We don't know. I saw a guy go crazy. Speaking of that, I saw a guy go crazy yesterday because uh, <laughs> this place I was at, it was not a fine establishment. Um, <laughs> raised the price of a euro a dollar, and the guy just absolutely lost his mind. Lost his mind, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. have you not been everywhere? You're paying five bucks for a gallon of gas. But anyway. Even the Greeks are getting you? Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. I'm shocked they didn't start <laughs> earlier. <laughs> right? They're usually all over that stuff. Uh, I think inflation's coming, so we're going to jack up the price right now. What well, would happen? So, total side note, back in the day, your parents owned a restaurant with, like, 500 menu items. What would happen when, like, these types of things would would come about? Would they reprint an entire menu? No. My dad used, uh, you know, the um, the old school whiteout with a brush? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Greek 101 over there. Just white out the price, and then with a black Sharpie, right, right in the new price. And then, and then I think it was, like, right when I was in, like, junior high, 
um, they discovered the P touch, <laughs> and the, the P touch became a thing oh, on the menu. The oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, oh, I remember those nights. Peel man. that right off. <laughs> it's all right. They won't look. I was like twelve, and we just got a computer, and my dad discovered Word Paint. And was like, oh my God, like <laughs> you're going to do the menu for us, right? So do the menu. And we found the, you know, the, the, the clip art chicken and all the different foods and stuff. But yeah, no, oh, it, it was brush white out first and then it was <laughs> P-Touch tape. That's gold. Yeah. With the way prices are changing, you see just, yeah, tape being put over stuff. But $6 for water, going back to that real quick. I think about that and it's like you go up to the concession stand and that's where you'd be like, can I just have water in a cup? Like, can you just get in the, if they say no, it's like, I just don't want to spend $6 on water. Maybe it's well, that, a fountain drink. Just, just take it out of the thing. Yeah. If they, if it's a fountain, sure. But uh, you, you know, with concession stands, it's speed. So they're, yeah. they're trying to grab a bottle and throw it out, you know, and get it out as fast as possible. So yeah. stopping to get, you know, a water where essentially are they going to charge you? Probably not, but they, they don't want to deal with that. I mean, the gosh, what's the food cost then? If the beer's this much. Yeah, I didn't see a menu for food. Garbage pork sandwich for like $25. (laughs) They should all just take the master's approach to it. Right, Andy? Right. (laughs) Totally. Sell by volume, man. What do you what do you need to what do you need to load this all on for? Just found it. And as for non-alcoholic beverages, a good size bottle of water again says six dollars. Gatorade will set you back seven. So just a bottle of Gatorade. (laughs) We're we're doing something wrong here. For food, a, a chicken Caesar salad. Guess how much that is. Who's walking around with a salad at a Who golf Who wants tournament? a chicken Caesar salad? Nobody. $17? $16. Nobody. The all beef hot dog. How much is that? 10 bucks. 8 bucks. Okay. The butcher's grind cheeseburger. I'll go 10 or 12 on that. $14. Oh. The Beyond what, Burger. What is a butcher's grind? Anybody? It's probably their own blended yeah. ground it's beef. Garbage. How much is the Beyond Burger, Jimmy? I'm going 16, 17, 18. 15. Okay. Ooh. And a small bag of chips. You know, probably the one we get in like Hold 25 on, go back pack. To that. The what? Beyond Burger is what? $15. That's the that, that's that best thing deal is, on the menu? <laughs> that's, that's the best deal on the menu right there. <laughs> that's like the price of Beyond Burgers right that's now. That's like 30 bucks a pound. Wow. Okay. Well, but, you, I mean, you're in Oklahoma. They can't give that crap away. Yeah, right? no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Meatless? What? No. I got a cow in my backyard. <laughs> right. Yeah, we but those it. little 25 pack of chips, you know, the Frito-Lay <laughs> packs you buy, guess yeah. how much those bags of chips are? $4, $3. $3. Yeah. Those and are a quarter. I think those were a quarter. Those are a quarter. They always sell for a quarter. It, it probably got up to like 30 cents at this point with inflation, but go to Costco. You get a box of 36 and they're like 26 cents. Wow. The salads does throw me back. <laughs> Why would you get a salad? Who's your bacon in the sun? So you, so you have a beer tucked underneath your left arm, and you're eating a salad out of your right. No chance. Come on. Yikes! Salad cup has to be a salad cup. Why? Why, why couldn't they just put it? Why couldn't they just do a wrap? And Jimmy, it's you, the number one golfer food. Did a you wrap look, of anything? Jimmy, who you think might win this weekend? I have no idea what. <laughs> <you're talking about. laughs> the BGA Championship. Do you know any he golfers? May or may not have asked me what tournament we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I actually did ask him. What are we? What, what term is this from? You think Jordan Spieth has a chance this weekend? Uh, no. There you go. All right, we're on board with it. We take that. G- give me the top five, and I'll, I'll throw a guess. All right, uh, John Rom. Never heard of him. Go ahead. <laughs> it's because you're spike. so focused on food and beverage. All right, let's see here. Scotty Scheffler. Okay. Uh, Justin Thomas. Jordan Spieth. 
Colin Morikawa? Dustin Johnson? None. Nothing. We're just throwing out yeah. some top names at this point. Okay, you gave me six. So who's your pick for this week, Jimmy? Oh, I forgot his name already. Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa. Yes. 16 yes. to 1. I just heard his last name. He's a California like, oh. guy. It's from West Coast. I think he's a West Coast guy. He is. He is a, he is a California guy. Absolutely. Nice. Nicest guy, too. I have friends who know him. Nicest guy. Uh, I think a University of Cal Bear. Yes. Berkeley? Berkeley. Yeah. What are the best odds? Like, who, who do they have? 11 to 1 is your best odds. That's Scotty Scheffler. Okay. So that's, I mean, that, that's what makes golf uh, betting so interesting is that you still get pretty darn good odds. You just you gotta bet them individually, but man, you get good odds. Yeah. So well, Jimmy, thank you for joining the show this week Any and chance? giving us the expert opinion on the food and beverage at the PGA Championship. Even though you didn't know which tournament we were talking about, which is perfectly <laughs> cool, we brought you in for the food and beverage. You nailed it. You were kind of equally as shocked as we were, but you also have more of an understanding of why these things are happening. So, thank you for that, Andy. We're gonna have to do a follow up. We're gonna have to see how our bets work out. See if our guys can win the big tournament. But as for now, we're going to call it a week, and we'll do it again soon. Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast.